everyone, I hope you're all doing so well and welcome back to the Criminal Makeup Podcast. Each episode, we dive into the minds of some of the worst criminals in history. And today we are going to be talking about the case of Anatoly Onoprienko, also known as the Beast of Ukraine. Okay, so today's case, wow, 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 this is a crazy and horrific one. At the time of this case, Anatoly was labelled as the world's worst serial killer. Yes, you heard that right, the world's worst serial killer. Now, to have that title, you need to be a pretty despicable human being. And that is exactly what Anatoly was. He went on one of the worst killing sprees in history. Whole families were turning up dead in their homes just days apart. And the authorities had no idea who was behind it. It was absolutely terrifying. And I think the reason he got labeled as the world's worst serial killer was due to how fast the murders were taking place. There were literally multiple victims turning up weekly and this went on for months. And even though he's not the world's worst serial killer in terms of like number of victims, he's still up there with more confirmed victims than people like Ted Bundy and John Wayne Gacy. So yeah, Anatoly, he's he's pretty terrible. And this is a very infamous case in Ukraine, as you can imagine. So that is what we are going to be looking into today. What turned Anatoly into the beast of Ukraine and into one of the world's worst serial killers? So let's dive in. So Anatoly was born on the 25th of July, 1959 making him a Leo. I feel like he's our first Leo. And he was born in Ukraine in the small village of Lasky. And this village is tiny. I went onto Google Maps, of course, I always do that. And this village is tiny. The population was only 709. When I was looking at Google Maps, it just seemed so remote. It was so tiny, but there was loads of these little tiny remote villages everywhere, which unfortunately became the breeding ground of Anatoly. So Anatoly was the youngest out of two brothers. His older brother, Valentin, was 13 years older than him. And I couldn't really find much out about the mom and dad and like what they did and their like upbringing and everything like that. The only thing I could find out was that his father was a decorated war veteran from World War II. Now I feel like with most cases, when I'm researching the background, the childhood of the criminal, they normally have one of two childhoods. They either have a very normal one, like nothing out of the ordinary, nothing that has any red flags or anything. And you just kind of think, how the hell did that happen? And then the other childhood is normally filled with tragedy, sadness, anger, just lots of things where you can you can see where things went wrong. And Anatoly definitely had the childhood of the latter one because at the age of just one, his mother tragically passed away after being diagnosed with cancer. So it was just Anatoly, his older brother, and then his father. I know his father was an alcoholic and he was also kind of abusive, but Anatoly was passed around to different family members. His father just didn't want to look after him. So he went to his aunts. He was also looked after by his grandparents for quite a while, but this didn't Last for very long because his father made the decision to put Anatoly in an orphanage. And this was when he was four years old. Now, when he first went to the orphanage, his grandma did visit him quite regularly. She kept up that contact 
contact. And then I don't know what happened, but she stopped visiting and Anatoly just was on his own in this orphanage and he actually would never see his family again after his grandma stopped visiting. But what affected Anatoly the most out of that situation is because remember he had an older brother. Well, his father decided to keep his older brother and send Anatoly to the orphanage. And that is what really affected Anatoly the most because he was like, why? Why are you keeping my brother? Why aren't you keeping me? Now, one of the reasons why he could have maybe kept the brother, it's still wrong, okay? But one of the reasons is that his brother was 17 when Anatoly was four, so he was older, he was a lot more independent, probably could look after himself. And Anatoly was four, so he needed looking after. But Anatoly kept hold of this. It's definitely something to know. Remember this little situation because it plays a big part. And then not much is known about Anatoly in the orphanage. All I could find out is that he was described as being shy, but he did have a lot of friends, like he could make friends. So we're going to jump forward a little bit now. We're going to jump 10 years. So now Anatoly is 14 and he attends college to study forestry. And this is when he started to become a little bit of a concern to his teachers. This is when like the big red flags started to come up because he started to drink. He also started to smoke and he also started to steal things. And oh boy, does Anatoly like to steal things. And then at the age of 17, we're jumping forward a little bit more, he joins the Navy and he served in the Navy for a few years and he was trained in firearms unfortunately. As well, this wasn't very clear, like some of the things weren't clear on exactly when they happened, but it was kind of when he was in the Navy, like around this kind of age, 17 to 20, that he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. They did spend some time in a psychiatric hospital and that is all I could find out. I don't know if he was on any medication. I don't know how long he spent in the hospital. And then after the Navy, he got a job as a manual laborer. I don't know what he was doing, but he worked on a ship. He was stealing people's possessions, the people that he worked with on the ship. He just likes to steal things. me knows that I love creepy stories and anything that makes my body go warm. Anytime I'm saying nope, 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 that's a great story. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. And if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal, or you love to hop in the Wayback Machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes, you should tune in to our podcast, Morbid. We provide all the fascinating and sometimes terrifying details you never knew you needed. We also throw in a dash of humor to keep our signature lighthearted nightmare vibe. We've covered infamous cases like H.H. Holmes, Jack the Ripper, and the Clutter family murders. And introduce you to cases you may not have heard about, like Tragedy Square and Japan's haunted Himeji Castle. But that's just the tip. We've been researching some of the creepiest hauntings and scariest paranormal and supernatural stories to get you ready for the most wonderful time of the year. Halloween. You can listen to Morbid wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free on the Amazon Music app. While he was working on this ship, he meets a woman and the two of them fall in love and they are actually together for three years. And in these three years, it was kind of like in the third year, she did have a child with Anatoly and he kind of was like, you know what? I need to, I need to change my ways. I'm going to quit my job on the ship because I want to be present in the child's life. I don't want to be working on this ship. I need to stop stealing. I need to get my act together. And this is what he did, but it didn't last for long. No, it didn't last for long at all, this uh, little epiphany that he had because it wasn't long until he just abandoned the woman and his child. And he never actually saw his child again. I feel like this 
is daddy issues that he's got going on right now. But the reason that Anatoly gave for leaving his child was that he believed that he had a unique destiny. Well, given what is about to happen, that's a bloody understatement. Okay, so we're now jumping to 1989 and Anatoly is now 30 years old. And Anatoly took his favorite hobby, his favorite pastime, of stealing to a whole nother level. It wasn't just small, petty little things anymore. Oh no, no, he was committing thefts from people's homes and also people's cars. And he was doing this all the time. And also he found himself a partner in crime, a man named Sergei. Now they clearly hit it off. They met in a gym that they both went to and clearly they got talking about how they love to steal things from people. And they decided that they were gonna start committing these crimes together. Maybe thought that they could get more done. So Anatoly and Sergei would go around breaking into people's homes and stealing their possessions. And they seemed pretty good at it. They didn't get caught. They were pretty comfortable doing it. But then one night, everything just went terribly wrong. So they were doing their normal thing. They broke into this house. They always carried weapons on them for defense. So they had these weapons on them and they never had to use them before. No one had ever woken up when they had broken into their house. But this time on this night, the owners of the house woke up. And of course, they went to confront the people breaking into their home. Anatoly and Sergei were not prepared for this. This house belonged to a family, two parents and eight children. And Anatoly thought that if we let these people live, they could identify us, they could report us, and then we're not gonna be able to rob any more houses. So what are we gonna do? We've gotta kill them. I mean, you could just wear a balaclava, you know? cover your face and then leave, but no. And that is tragically what happened. Anatoly murdered this whole family, the two parents and all eight children. And I couldn't find out who actually committed the murders from what I know of this case. I wouldn't be surprised if Anatoly did all 10, but it doesn't really matter. 10 people have been murdered in this family. Now, after this robbery gone wrong, Sergei and Anatoly fell out. They had a huge falling out. I don't really know what it was about. I feel like we can all kind of imagine what it was about. I mean, I imagine that they maybe fell out because Sergei wasn't down with the murders. And you know, he had the audacity to actually say to Anatoly, uh, you know what? I don't really want to murder people. But Anatoly wasn't having this and he cut ties with him to never see him again. But before he did that, he let Sergei know, if you tell anyone about these murders, I will kill you and your whole family. He's a charming friend, isn't he? And seeing as Sergei just witnessed Anatoly murdering the whole family, I think he took the threat pretty seriously. And this is where Sergei leaves the story because we don't hear from him again. I mean, he's alive. <laughs> I said that in a very weird way. He's alive. I just mean that he doesn't come back into the story. He doesn't go to the police or anything. So a few months after Anatoly cut ties with Sergei, things go quiet on the murder front anyway. I think he was still committing robberies. It's a bit wishy-washy, some of the reporting of these robberies, because some people didn't report them and they were just in these really remote villages. And then one day, because sometimes he did like to break into cars, one day he just decided, you know what, this car is empty. I'm going to break into it and steal what's inside it. But what he wasn't expecting is that this car wasn't empty. It actually had a family of five in the car. And when I read that, I was just like, how did he think that this car was empty? A family of five in a car. You, you, you'd be able to see that. So I don't know if this was like a van, tinted windows. I don't know. But he claims, claims to not have seen 
this family. And just like before, he was like, oh crap, people have seen my face. What do I do? Oh, I kill them. So he shot all five that were in that car, including an 11 year old boy. And it's now actually just dawned on me. I didn't actually think of this when I was doing my research, but that was a family in that car. Families were definitely his thing. So now I'm convinced that he knew that there was a family in that car. And what's even crazier is that Anatoly has later said about this particular crime was that if he knew that five people were in that car, he wouldn't have broken in. He just said that as soon as he saw them, he felt compelled to kill them. And also Anatoly has said that he gets absolutely no pleasure from killing people. Liar. He said that corpses stink and that they give out bad vibes. That's why he doesn't like killing people. Well, I think if anyone is giving out bad vibes, it's you, Anatoly. So you would think, given that Anatoly hates corpses, thinks they stink, he would have got the hell out of there. And this is how I just know that he talks a load of crap. Because what does he do? He sits in the car with the dead bodies for two hours. You wouldn't do that, you know, if they really creeped you out, if they gave you bad vibes, if they smelled so bad. And then he complains about the smell. Like when he was telling the investigators about this particular murder, he started to complain about how much they smelled. It's like, you killed them, what did you expect? Oh, I'm sorry if you're having to suffer through the smell. See how arrogant he is. So after these murders, Anatoly actually fled Ukraine and he spent the next five years traveling around Europe. And I don't know why he fled. There was no concrete answers. I don't know if he thought that he was gonna get caught. And he traveled around and he went to countries such as Austria, Greece, Germany, and not much is known about his time in Europe. He did do odd labor jobs to pick up some money. He was also robbing houses. Of course he was. What I just thought was crazy is that Germany and Austria actually kicked him out. <laughs> they kicked him out. Now, Anatoly claims, claims that he didn't kill anyone in these five years, but he's a liar. I don't believe him. I just can't, okay? I know what's coming up. I cannot for the life of me believe that he did not kill anyone, that he just had this five year break. I'm not the only one that thinks this. Experts actually analyzed this case and analyzed Anatoly. And they also think that it is highly unlikely that he wouldn't have killed anyone in those five years. I mean, of course, I know it's possible that he he may not have killed anyone in those five years. I know all serial killers are different. I just don't believe that he would have been able to control himself for that long. I mean, five years is a very long time for a cool down period. There are a few exceptions of some serial killers that have had really long cool down periods. There was one serial killer that had a cool down period of 14 years and his name was Lonnie David Franklin Jr. And he also goes by the name of the Grim Sleeper and he got that name because of how long his cool down periods were. And to have cool down periods that are that long, do you know how much control that would take, that is rare to have that much control if you're a serial killer. Most of the time when serial killers do have a really long cooldown period, they have to almost do other things. They have to commit other crimes to satisfy their needs. And Anatoly was committing robberies, so it's plausible maybe that he was satisfying his urges by committing these robberies. And another way that serial killers cope, if you will, with long cooldown periods 
is to relive the murders that they've already done. And they normally do this from either going back to like the scene of the crime or using trophies that they've taken. And it's also possible that Anatoly did this as well because he used to steal from people's houses. And like I said, experts also believe that he probably did kill people in those five years. And investigations were made into unsolved murders between the years of 1989 and 1995 to see if any of them can be linked back to Anatoly. And apparently there's no evidence to suggest that he did kill anyone, but I don't believe it and don't. I refuse, don't believe it. So after traveling around Europe, Anatoly does return to Ukraine. It's around the end of 1995, and he is currently 36 years old. Now, when Anatoly returned, he was expecting a little bit of a different response than when he did. And I just found this completely unbelievable. So you know all of the murders that he committed five years prior. He was hoping that when he returned, he would hear of the person that committed these murders and how much of a legend they were. I think he was just hoping that people would at least still be talking about the murders and people would still be scared of the person that did them and that there would still be an active investigation in trying to find the person when in actuality, the police, I mean, whether right or wrong, closed the case. They gave up searching for the person that committed these crimes. I don't even know if they thought that they were linked. They probably didn't. So no one was talking about Anatoly and this enraged him. This angered him so much because he had this destiny and he thought that his destiny was to become this infamous serial killer. And it's from this moment in the case where things get crazy. Even though they were already crazy, this is where it takes a little bit of a step up. Unfortunately, we've got a hell of a lot of things to get through from this moment on. So Anatoly went on to commit one of the world's worst killing sprees and he kills so many people in such a short space of time. And this gave him the title of being one of, if not the world's worst serial killer. So on the 24th of December, 1995, Anatoly broke into a university lecturer's house. He was at home with his wife and his two children and Anatoly killed every single one. Anatoly robbed the house like he did and then he shot all four members of this family. And then to top it off, he then burned down their house to cover his tracks to get rid of any evidence. He used a double barrel shotgun and he also had sawn off the end of the shotgun because he wanted a more unique gun. And he also wanted a gun that would cause as much destruction as possible. And I don't know, clearly sawing off the end of a shotgun makes it more destructive. I don't know. But he wanted to use a unique gun because he wanted to be remembered. He has a bit of a God complex, let's just say. And then on the 2nd of January, just over a week, from the previous murders. He broke into another family's home and he did the exactly the same as the first one. He robbed the house and then he shot all four family members that were in the house. He also burned down that house as well to get rid of any evidence. And what is just even like, it's not more shocking, but just another shocking thing is that there was actually a pedestrian just like, I don't know, walking around outside the house. Anatoly saw them. They saw Anatoly and he was like, I can't let this person live because they've seen my face. They could identify me. And he tragically shot this pedestrian. Not only is he 
okay with killing whole families, he's okay with killing children, but he's just ready and prepared to kill anyone at the drop of a hat. It is truly terrifying that he will just kill anyone, anything that's in his way. So there is a bit of a pattern forming as we identified earlier. Anatoly likes to target families and he likes to kill the entire family. This is definitely his MO. And then just to switch it up, I don't know why, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Some people I just don't try and even understand, I don't know. Maybe it was to confuse investigators, but his next killing spree, he went a different direction. On the 6th of January, 1996, Anatoly makes his way to a highway. And then he literally just stops cars out of nowhere and he shoots the passengers in the car. Everybody that's in the car, he shoots them. He kills a total of four people from three separate cars. It's just something that's just so crazy to think you're just driving your car, you're just driving along, you're going about your day, and then someone stops your car and shoots you. And then nine days later, on the 17th of January, he returns to his previous MO, he breaks into another home, and he kills an entire family. He shoots all five family members that are inside, and then he burns down the house. Now, again, as he's leaving, there's just two completely innocent people walking past. They see Anatoly. We know by now Anatoly sees them and he shoots them straight away, leaving no witnesses. So then he takes a 13 day break, but then he clearly can't control himself anymore. On the 30th of January, he breaks into another home and he kills a mother and her two sons. This family also had a visitor over at the time and Anatoly also shoots them. It's, it's horrible. I feel like I'm just listing the crimes, but it's, I don't know how else to do it. It's, it's horrible. On the 19th of February, Anatoly breaks into another home. This is a family of four. And this one escalates a bit. He um, becomes even more brutal. Uh, he shoots the father and the son. Then he decided he didn't want to kill the mother by shooting her for whatever reason. So he picks up a hammer and beats the mother to death. And then he turns to the daughter who, oh my God, I can't even, she's just witnessed all of this. He turns to the daughter and he starts demanding money from her. He starts saying, where do your parents keep the money? Where's the money? Show me the money. And that little girl, oh my God, she is so brave. She was so defiant. She was like, no, I'm not showing you where the money is. And then this is, it's horrible. I literally, this case is, it's terrible. It's definitely the worst one I've done so far. He brutally then murders the daughter with a hammer, like he just did her mother. Oof, I've just had to like sit here for like a minute because this case, we're not even done. It's a lot. I told you it was a lot. On the 27th of February, again, this is brutal, just like the last family. He breaks into this family's home. They are a family of four. He shoots both of the parents and then he turns to the daughters who are just aged seven and eight. Like all the children that he's been killing are just so young. So he turns to these daughters and he gets an axe and he starts brutally hacking away at both of these girls. Anatoly spends a little bit of time at this particular house. Um, I don't know why he's still there an hour after he's murdered this family of four. When a neighbor starts to approach the house, Anatoly sees the neighbor and he shoots this neighbor. But then what's worse, like I don't know why he does this. He hasn't done this to anybody else, 
But after he shoots and kills this neighbor, he picks up the ax that he's just used to kill these two little girls and he starts hacking away at this dead body. Like, I, I don't I don't understand that. And then Anatoly takes his longest break yet, which is 23 days. <laughs> That's his longest break, obviously, since he's returned back from Europe. And then on the 22nd of March, he breaks into another family's home. They are a family of four. He shoots all four family members, steals things from the house, and then burns the house down. So uh, yeah, that was intense, wasn't it? That was horrible. Anatoly, in that three-month period, killed 37 people. And it was just so random. It was so brutal. Anatoly would travel to all of these different remote little villages, and he would just kill a random family. I don't know how he chose which one. I don't, I really don't know. There was just no pattern to it either because he started to use like a hammer and then he went to an ax and then he would burn down some of the houses. And I don't think he would burn down every house. I don't know if I can say the whole of Ukraine, but I feel like most of Ukraine anyway, were just terrified. They just thought that they were gonna be the next family. And as you can imagine, there was public outrage that this person hadn't been caught. And at first, the authorities tried to play it down. They tried to kind of like act like, oh, nothing's really going on. Not trying to cover it up, but just kind of like trying to turn it down. But the public, quite rightly so, weren't having any of this. There was outrage, there was demand for more to be done to catch this person. And then the authorities went a complete full circle and they decided to deploy 5,000 officers to try and catch the beast of Ukraine. But despite these numbers, they still struggle to catch the beast of Ukraine. And as well, Ukraine is a huge country. And like I said, there's loads of these little tiny little remote villages everywhere. And Anatoly was picking villages at random. And also because a lot of the time he would burn down the house. He would leave no evidence. And then this next bit of the story I wish didn't happen. This next bit as well is, oh my God, it's horrible. This case goes from bad to worse, it really does. So the police think they've made a breakthrough. They think they've caught the beast of Ukraine. So they arrest 26-year-old Yuri Mozola. And of course, he's not the beast of Ukraine. They had made a mistake. So they arrested Yuri on the suspicion of all of these murders. And then six members of the SUB, which is Ukraine's secret service, spent three days torturing Yuri to confess to these murders. They beat him, they burnt him, they electrocuted him, and Yuri was completely innocent. I mean, obviously they didn't think it, but still, you can't torture people. And Yuri refused to confess to the crimes because he's innocent. And then tragically, after three days of torture, Yuri died from his injuries. I just can't believe that things like this are allowed to happen. Thankfully, the people that were involved in the torture and death of Yuri, they were given prison sentences. I don't know how long they went to prison for, for the murder of Yuri, but they did go to prison. That doesn't make up for it, does it? You know, ugh. So while they were wasting their time torturing and murdering this innocent person, Anatoly was just out living his life doing God knows what. So the police after this horrific incident make another breakthrough. And this time they actually make a good breakthrough. So a few weeks later on the 7th of April, a phone call comes through from a man called Piotr. Piotr claims that his long lost cousin is threatening to kill 
his family. And guess who his long lost cousin is? Anatoly. So Piotr tells the authorities that his cousin just moved into his house. He kind of came out of nowhere. He had nowhere to live and he is his cousin. He took him in. And then one day Piotr walks into Anatoly's room that he's staying in and found a huge stash of weapons. And Piotr is like, what the hell? I mean, he doesn't know at this point that Anatoly is the beast of Ukraine, but still he sees all of these weapons and he's like, uh, I'm not having this. This is my house. I don't want all of these weapons in this house. He has children in this house as well. So he goes to Anatoly and he says, you know what? You're going to need to leave. I don't want you and I don't want any of your weapons in my house. And Anatoly being Anatoly did not take too kindly to this. And he gets really, really mad. And he just looks at his cousin and he tells him, you and your family will pay by Easter. And then he leaves and he takes all his weapons with him. So Piotr is terrified. I mean, I know he doesn't know that his cousin is the beast of Ukraine, but I can imagine that he's still a pretty scary person. And the police are asking Piotr about the weapons that he had. They're asking him to describe any, if he can, to them. And Piotr describes one of the weapons. And it just so happens to be the shotgun that Anatoly pretty much uses in all of his murders, the one that has the sawn off end. And the police, like on the other, can you imagine? They're probably like, Oh my, ho holy crap. The police are asking Piotr like any details, like where is he now? Did he say anything? Did he mention anything? And Piotr says that he thinks that Anatoly has gone to stay with his girlfriend. Yeah, Anatoly has a girlfriend. This is a different woman from the one that he had the child with, different one. How the hell is he managing to hold down a relationship? So Anatoly had a girlfriend, Anna, and they hadn't been together too long. They became pretty close and Anna had children and she described Anatoly as very loving. Like her children were really close to him as well. They would even call Anatoly dad. I know where your minds are going, but don't worry, nothing happens to Anna, nothing happens to her children. I also read that Anatoly proposed to Anna just in the middle of his murder spree. And what is so sick is that he proposed with a ring that he stole from one of his victims. And Anna was completely innocent. She didn't have a clue what Anatoly was up to. He had told her that he was a traveling businessman. So anyway, Piotr reports Anatoly and the police find out where Anna live and they send 20 officers to Anna's apartment. And when I read this, I was like, 20, you've sent 20. You've deployed 5,000 officers across Ukraine and you're only deploying 20 to the location that you think the beast of Ukraine is. So the 20 officers arrive at Anna's and it turns out that Anna and her children aren't actually at home right now, they're at church. But somebody is home and who is that person? Anatoly. So the police ring the doorbell and Anatoly answers because he thinks it's just Anna and the children returning from church. He does not have a clue that all of these officers are outside of the apartment. So Anatoly opens the door and the police immediately jump on him. The police have Anatoly and they ask him for ID because they don't know that it actually is Anatoly at this point. So Anatoly is just like, yeah, my ID is just in the closet over here. Let's go over here and I can get my ID. So the police take him to the closet and they open the closet and Anatoly tries to get free of the police and lunge and he lunges for the gun that's in the closet, which is the sawn off shotgun that he's been using for all of the murders. And thankfully the police 
managed to keep hold of him and he doesn't get the gun because we know if he had gotten that gun, every single police officer would have been killed. And the police right there and then realized that, oh my God, we've actually got the BC Ukraine here. We need to get him into custody ASAP. This man is dangerous. So they arrest him. They take him into custody. And it's at this moment where Anna Tony is being led out of the apartment that Anna and her children arrive home from church. And she just could not believe what the hell was going on. I mean, my God, she's come home from church and her boyfriend, no, her fiance, he's being arrested because he's the beast of Ukraine, killing all of these families. So when they search Anna's apartment, they find 122 stolen possessions from the victims of the beast of Ukraine. And these possessions included a lot of jewelry, there were some electrical items, just items that hold more monetary value. They also found a ton of weapons that were linked back to all of the murders. So now that the authorities have all of this evidence, they need to interview Anatoly as quickly as possible. Like they need to get the ball rolling. But even though they had all of this evidence, there was so much pressure on them to not screw up this case. They needed to make sure that they did everything properly so he could not get off on a technicality. So they had all of this evidence, but they really wanted him to confess. But of course, nothing with Anatoly is ever that simple. He had a few demands. First, he demanded a kilo of sweets. I mean, I have a sweet tooth. I understand the want for sweets, but really? <laughs> and I always just think, why is it the worst people that have the audacity to make demands like this? And what is worst of all is that most of the time they get what they want because I do think he got the sweets. Also, Anatoly refused to speak to anyone that wasn't a general. And a general is just someone that is really high in the ranks. Not someone that normally deals with things like this. And at first the police were like, well, how the hell are we supposed to get a general down here? Like they don't normally do this. And again, he got what he wanted because at 10 p.m., a general arrived to interview him. So when the general arrived to interview Anatoly, he drove on for 28 hours and he took them through his whole story. He started with his childhood and he stayed for a while on his dad and the fact that he was put in an orphanage. Like I said, this really affected him. This stayed with him and he stayed on that topic for quite a while talking to the general. He just kept repeating how angry he was that his dad just abandoned him and that he kept his brother and not him. And Anatoly said that this memory of his dad just haunted him. So the general asked him, do you have any resentment towards families? And Anatoly said yes. He said that he hated the thought of a perfect family. And this is what drove him to commit the horrific crimes. He said that after he killed the parents, he felt that he had to kill the children so they wouldn't become an orphan like he was. So it seems that his target was parents and in his own sick way, he's trying to justify why he killed the children. He started to give very detailed accounts of all 52 murders, starting from the ones in 1989. Once he committed before he left for Europe, he described his time in Europe. He didn't confess to any murders in Europe. I still think he did some. And I think his main aim for really going into detail with these murders is that he wants to be remembered. He wants to be remembered for his horrific, brutal crimes. And then his ego must be going into overdrive right now because after he confessed, 
to all 52 murders, he said that he was, quote, the best killer in the world and that scientists should study him as a phenomenon, <laughs> I can never say that word, a phenomenon of nature. He even said that people compared him to Hitler. And I looked into this and they didn't. Nobody compared him to Hitler. The only person that compared Anatoly to Hitler was Anatoly. I think he wanted to kind of make that connection himself. And then he started to ramble on that his killings were ordered by a higher power, that he heard voices in his head that ordered him to do all of these killings and that he was a student in the school of Satan. And I don't know if this is true or not. Remember, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. So it is quite possible that he was hearing voices, but I don't know. And then what really annoys me after the interview is done, the police decide to take Anatoly back to all of the crime scenes so Anatoly could reenact the murders. There's literally video footage of Anatoly with like weapons and dummies reenacting the murders. It's just like, why? He's already gone into detail about what he did. Was there any need to take him back to the scene of the crime to give him this massive kick. Maybe they thought that they could get more details out of him. I don't know, but this just infuriates me. His trial took place three years after his initial arrest in 1999. And it took so long for the case to go to trial because the Ukraine have a law. I don't know if they still have it, but the law is that the defendant must read all of the documentation, like absolutely everything before the case can move to trial. And there was a hell of a lot of documentation for this case, but Anatoly took his sweet ass time reading through all of this. And there was huge public interest in this trial. People traveled for miles to just stand outside of the courtroom. And when Anatoly was brought out into the courtroom, he was put in a cage. He was like locked in this cage. I don't know if that was for his safety. And after all of the evidence and the fact that Anatoly confessed, the outcome was pretty inevitable. On the 1st of April, 1999, Anatoly Onoprienko was convicted of murder. I assume he was convicted of all murders, but I couldn't confirm, but I assume so. And he was sentenced to death. Now there was huge public pressure for Anatoly to be killed in the exact same way that he killed his victims. The public wanted the firing squad used on him. However, it wasn't long after after the sentencing of Anatoly that the death sentence was actually dropped from Ukraine when they joined the European Council. So Anatoly's sentence to death was actually changed to life in prison. But the worst thing is, is that he would be eligible for parole in 28 years. Anatoly himself even said if he ever got out, he would go on a killing spree again. He would kill more people and this time it would be even worse and he would not get caught. I mean, he said that his goal was to kill 360 people. Remember he had this unique destiny? Well, that was his unique destiny to kill 360 people. However, Anatoly never got his wishes in August 2013, just 14 years after he was sentenced, he died in prison of a heart attack. And that brings us to the end of the episode on the Beast of Ukraine. There are no updates on this case, so thank you so much everyone for listening today. Subscribe or follow to make sure you never miss an episode of The Criminal Makeup. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would really mean a lot if you could leave a five-star review. In the meantime, if you've been affected by any of the themes in this episode, please take the time to look at the description for this episode for some helpful resources. Special thanks to my producers at Audio Boom Studios, and I'll see you all in the next one.